0: Welcome to Shaking It Up with Sheikh Fayaz, your daily dose of spirituality this Ramadan. I biLlahi be the Shaytan of the Bismillah Rahman Rahim, and ala Muhammad of Allah the Tahirin. I the Muttaqeen, and the Allah of the Allah the al wa al وَإِفْشَاءِ الآرفة وستر الْعَائِبَةِ وَالْلِينِ الأريكة وَخَفْثِ الْجَنَا Our external character or mannerisms in reality are a reflection of our internal state. If we are truly a sincere human being, it shows up in our actions and in our mannerisms and in our relationships with others. And on the flip side, when we're doing something, we're just going through the motions, we're on autopilot, so to say, without any sense of sincerity in the actions that we are engaged in, everyone recognizes and realizes that it doesn't mean that we're a bad person. In fact, it doesn't even mean that we won't be successful in terms of fulfilling any of our duties or tasks, but there's a difference when you put in yourself. When you put in that sense of sincerity and understanding, when you have that mindfulness and are truly engaged throughout the course of whatever it is that you're progressing in. Let me give you an example. I'm a college professor and I sit with students every single day. And in my classroom, I could tell when a student cares about the subject, when they care about the subject, their work, their participation. Their engagement with the questions in the classroom discussion is incredibly unique. You can tell from day one, their commitment to the course, to the subject matter. They have a desire and a passion to learn whatever the subject is. On the flip side, it's very evident when a student has no care for whatever it is that we're studying or that we're speaking about. But at the end of the day, they still go through the motions because they need the grade and they participate when they need to, and they write their papers, and they fulfill their assignments, and many of them might even do particularly well. And that could be just because I'm a very kind and gentle and merciful grader. But aside from that, someone can get through the subject matter or someone can get through any fulfillment of a given task by just exercising their physical bodies and putting in a bare minimum. But the one who puts in the effort, it shows up to the professor, it shows up to the peers, it shows up to everyone in that environment, and I guarantee you, the one who puts forth a more diligent effort, they feel better at the end of that task or at the end of that assignment. If we go back to our physical bodies, it's the same way. If you put forth your best effort in a run or in a walk or in a workout. Again, you know you put in your best effort and you can feel the outcome of it at the end of it all. On the flip side, if you just go through the motions and you just go through your routine, it doesn't feel as good and you don't get that rush of energy or excitement. Our hearts and our souls are very similar in this regard. There are plenty of people who can stand and who can bow and who can prostrate. There are plenty of people who can get through the fast because they ate a massive suhoor, and they drank a gallon of water at the last second before the time of fajr prayers. And they slept through the entirety of the day, foregoing their communal and religious and familial duties and obligations. They do it, they can check off a box, and that's great, perhaps. But at the end of the day, if it's without essence and without meaning, Our hearts and our souls relate very differently in the world of the unseen to our bodies and to our fulfillment of duties and tasks in the classroom or in your place of work or so on and so forth. In other words, the professor is not the judge of your heart or your soul, but it's rather the lord of the worlds. And he is Absar al-Nadirin. He sees all things. He is Alim al-Khabir. He is the one who is all-knowledgeable and all-aware of every single one of our circumstances. He knows what is in this heart of ours. He knows what is in this soul. He knows whether that action, that devotion was mindful and sincere or no. And again, out of God's mercy and out of his justice and out of his love and out of his compassion and out of his graciousness, I'm certain that he will accept whatever worthless act of worship that we perform in his way as long as it's fulfilled, and as long as we actually get through and go through those emotions. But again, we should not see God solely in this transactional sort of relationship where if I do good, God gives me reward. If I pray, God gives me paradise. I fast during the month of Ramadan, and I can check off a box and tell God, hey, I fasted during the month of Ramadan. No, it should be much deeper. It should be much more devotional. It should be much more touching the core, so to say. Hitting the essential of what it is that we're looking for, we're seeking closeness and proximity to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And again, it starts with where our heart is, and that manifests externally into our bodies. And it's not only limited toward ritual; it's definitely not only limited to my prayers or my fasting or, f- or my fulfillment of any other religious duties or obligations. But even again, in my actions my interactions, my mannerisms with those around me. And that's the essence of du'a al-akhlaq of Imam Ali ibn Husayn Zain al-Abideen salam that we've been taking a look at. We're asking God to perfect our character and our etiquette. But as we see in this next segment of lines, this perfection of character or etiquette cannot truly take place until and unless we have perfected our internal state. Which is why in this next state of lines, the Imam alayhi salam, he states, وَأَلْبِسْنِي زِينَةِ الْمُتَّقِينَ O Allah, and clothe me in the garments or in the ornaments of those who have taqwa. We said this last night, that taqwa is not a physical state, but again, it's a state of mind, a state of heart, a state of being. And the clothing that we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to adorn us in is of course not a physical clothing, not a jacket, not a shirt, not a pair of pants, but again, it's symbolic or metaphorical of a covering or a veiling of the heart of ours. Taqwa means to be in a state of awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala such that no matter what surrounds me, I know that God is with me. And on a higher level, and perhaps we can talk about this another day, on a higher level, that taqwa means to be in a state where our consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevates and manifests itself to the extent that anyone and everyone who sees us, they are also compelled to being in a state of obedience and worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which is why when we hear about the stories or the anecdotes or the words and the wisdoms of the greatest of God's creation, Rasulullah Muhammad sallallahu wasallam, And we are sitting in his uh, majlis, so to say. We are sitting in a gathering that remembers his name, alayhi salatu wassalam We are compelled to be a better person. We are compelled to be more focused and devoted in our prayers or in our acts of worship, because through his remembrance, we know what our duties are. We call Ali alayhi salam imam al-muttaqeen, the leader of the God conscious, the leader of those who have taqwa. And through a recollection of his fada'il, we are also compelled, again, to increase our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and again, engage with those in our community in a more meaningful manner. We say, O oh Allah, wa albisni zinat al-muttaqeen, clothe me in the ornaments of those who have taqwa. فِي بسط الْأَدْلِ وَكَذْمِ الْنَائِرَةِ Oh Allah, give me the tools of those who have taqwa firstly in spreading or illuminating justice. What does it mean? What does it mean to show justice or illuminate justice or spread that to those around me? Of course, we speak about basic matters of equity and care and compassion. In an awareness and an understanding of the suffering of the most marginalized and isolated within our communities, caring for the orphan and the widow in the same way as Ali alayhi salam would in the streets of Kufa, in the darkness of night, demonstrating a sense of care toward the poor and to the women of his community in the same way that Rasulullah Muhammad sallallahu wa alayhi wasalam, did in the holy city of Mecca, in the early days of his prophetic mission. But adl, justice in this manner, again, is first of all an internal trait. We cannot establish external justice until we've established what is known as internal justice. The justice of heart, the ability to reconcile between sin and good deeds. The ability to reconcile between vice and virtue. How can I stand for justice in the streets if I'm oppressing my own heart and my own soul by being disobedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by allowing for negative thoughts to overpower me and bombard me in such a way that I'm unable to be kind or respectful or gentle with myself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created limitations in how we understand society but he's also created limitations for what we can and what we should not be engaging in when it comes to our hearts and souls. We can't be someone who calls out the injustices on the street if we're not being kind or equitable or establishing a system of justice in our own homes, with our spouse, with our children. Justice starts internally in the heart. Justice starts at home. Justice starts with our families. Justice starts with those who are closest to us. Thereafter, and then we can establish that which we are seeking so desirably in the world, in the community that is drowning by the oppressive regimes and the states and all of the other factors that come into play in the world around us. al ghayth of Allah, and give me the tools to be someone. Who manifest this quality of taqwa by restraining my anger. There is nothing that is as difficult to manage than one's anger. It's so challenging. That moment of rage that sets in when someone upsets us is so potentially damaging to our own hearts, to the relationships around us. Which is why when that man he comes to the Messenger of God, sallallahu alayhi wa. He says, O oh, Messenger of God, Ya Rasulullah, O oh, Sini, give me some advice. To which the Prophet responds, La taghlab, don't get angry. He comes to him again and he says, O oh, Rasulullah, O oh, Sini, Thaniya, give me a second piece of advice. He says, La taghlab, don't get angry. A third time he comes and he says, O oh, Rasulullah, O oh, Sini, a third time, give me some piece of advice. To which Rasulullah Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, La taghlab, don't get angry because anger is the key to all evil and to all vice. So we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oh Allah, make me amongst the people who have taqwa. And that requires for me to have the ability and the strength to control my anger. So give me the power to overcome that anger at that moment where rage sets into this heart. Wa itfa' in na'ira. Oh Allah, give me the strength to quench the flame of hate we have a lot of hate in our hearts. And if we are able to restore that with love, and if we're able to restore that with care, and if we're able to restore that with compassion toward those around us, our families would thrive, our relationships would thrive, our life would be so much happier. But it starts with us getting again the divine support from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala such that I don't have that sense of hate within my heart toward those around me or even towards my own self. Why sometimes we have this animosity to our own souls, to our own hearts, where we self-deprecate at any and at every given moment. We look at our physical bodies and we say, I hate myself. We look into our hearts and souls, we recollect our past deeds and sins, and we hate ourselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not to sound cliche, not to sound cheesy at all, but God, he loves us, and he cares about us, and he wants our success undoubtedly, in this world and in the next world. Through a reformation of heart, of soul, through a reinterpretation of who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, we should be able to see ourselves differently as well. This month of Ramadan offers us that hope, offers us that potential, offers us that reminder that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose me to benefit from it because He invited us to being amongst his guests within this month doesn't matter who i was yesterday doesn't matter what sins i come with this month of ramadan the beginning of the day until the end be it during our fast or do it or be it during our prayers into the darkness of night are all a reminder that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants our growth and wants us to reform ourselves and to totally shed all of those negative qualities that have adorned our heart in a negative way such that we are able to fill it and dress it and beautify it with the clothing of the muttaqin, We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to support us, to give us the strength and to allow for us to be the recipients of His Taufiq. alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu Muhammadin wa ala al tahirin For more spiritual content year-round, follow Fayaz Jaffer on social media.